Adventures of a Serial Entrepreneur. Real entrepreneurs, real businesses, real stories. Episode 1, Part 2. And I thought, well, I can do that. So I went and modified my stereo into a DJ system and put an ad in the paper, went and bought some music, and waited for the phone to ring. And the phone rang straight away. And like within a couple of weeks, I was on stage playing music at some dude's 21st birthday and a week after that. And then it just went like, it it grew so quickly. It doubled in size every year. I mean, we'll talk about that particular business later. It's a very, very good business model to to analyze. But the thing that um, is a standout for uh, this complication that I have now is that I've now got two businesses, I'm working, and I'm studying. So you had two businesses, you had a full-time job, yeah. and you were studying part-time. Well, that's, that's, I was a, that's doing, a tough schedule. I was pulling, just like my dad, 100-hour weeks. Oh. And something had to give. So the first thing to give was I got rid of the coaching college. Mm. Well, it wasn't really saleable as such. Uh, I just I just couldn't even think about it because I was making so much money through the DJ business. In fact, through the DJ business, even in the early days, uh, within three months of start off, I was making more money in two nights a week doing that than I was in my full time job as a cadet engineer. Mm. So, and look, I mean, the, the other the other good thing that I'm seeing here as well, or the other good example that it's um, pointing us to is how you've just jumped into the business without a great deal of, you know, investing and preparation. And a lot of people go too far trying to get back to that whole perfection story again. Mm. Um, But you just said, well, I'll use this, get a bit of music, put an ad in paper and see what happens. And then uh, when it did happen, then you were able to go back in and invest and, you know, push things out of the way and so forth. But that the, the, the aspect of jumping in with a small amount of risk, there wasn't really that much to lose. Well, it was, the risk was that uh, I'd have an unhappy customer and I wouldn't have well, we, the we, music We would all have that risk if we, you I know, I was no selling. expert. Yeah. But, I mean, this is what we call MVP, minimum viable product, yeah. which we'll talk about probably an entire episode around. But uh, essentially, I was MVPing these things. Mm. I did it with the, the, the coaching. I did it, I just put an ad in the paper and I was going to people's homes mm. and tutoring, as it were. And then on at one point, it I started to say, well, hang on, I'm driving here, I'm driving here, I'm driving here, I'm driving here, I'm getting, you know, they're asking me to come back too often. I thought, I'll create a classroom-style scenario and get people to come to me and mm. it'll be one-to-many as opposed to one-to-one. Mm. Again, there wasn't, a, you know, when I first started out, there was no IP as opposed to, well, even when we did the uh, one-to-many, there was really no IP. It was, okay, we're going to learn the quadratic formula. Um, now, the quadratic, and, and we just went. that We didn't have all these handouts and so forth. We just did it on the, back then it was a chalkboard, and it just worked. You don't need to go out there, and in none of these businesses did I go out there and spend months and months and sometimes years people do this, 
trying to perfect something before they go to market. Um, so this is one of the first things that I learned. Mm. Even in a DJ business, um, in terms of, you know, if you think of the number one skill, it wasn't really being a DJ, it was being a sales guy. I remember in one morning I picked up four hotels just by being brazen, being prepared to, you know, uh, get a knockback. I would go up to the, uh, to the hotel, if you will, uh, ask to speak to the manager and uh, suggest, um, I'd ask if they had entertainment and, you know, even if the answer was yes, I would say, would you consider an alternative? Or actually, I wouldn't word it like that. I'd say, how about I come here and do one night on a night when you haven't got someone else here and I won't charge you and let's see if, what the results are. And normally it was people would pitch that based on simply price mm. or, you know, a leading question where they'd ask, you know, would you mind if I come here and uh, uh, you know, look, I'll tell you what, I'll do it for half price, see what you think. I would go in there and plant or frame the whole argument around, let's see how much money more across the county you get in takings, you know, selling liquor, as it were, not talking about my fee or anything else, um, compared to when I may, you know, wasn't there. And I did that, I got those four hotels in one morning, and what was my biggest problem? You can't make more of you, can you? Well, yes, but all of a sudden, yeah, that's right. I've, I've now got too many customers. Oh, you, you need to make more of you to expand, really. Correct. Yeah. But I've got too many customers. Um, what do I do now? So, again, the, the, the same principle where go and get the customers and solve the problem later. Yeah. You know, um, it's not like I had to be there next Friday. So... You know, I was speaking to someone only yesterday. True story, you don't know this, mm. just like you don't know some of these things. <laughs> um, he runs a business in freight. Mm. And he said his biggest concern was uh, how, you know, I'm worried that what happens if I get a big order, I'm not going to be able to pick the goods up. Mm. Might be enough time or it might be enough room in the truck or whatever the case may be. And I said, well, worry about that problem when the problem arises. Mm, mm. I said, in the meantime, go out there, start prospecting, knocking on as many doors as possible. Yeah. Place an ad in all of the relevant Facebook groups and look for people who may be available or looking for part-time work who are doing work currently which is not time sensitive. Mm. And they've got to be owner drivers and see and flush the market out mm and see what's out there. Yeah. And that thought never occurred to him. So you know what he's doing today. He's now putting ads up. He'll be getting messages from people because that market is uh, saturated. Yeah. His truck is always full, pretty much. Um, and he's not making enough money to make it uh, a viable enough business. Yeah. He, he has to scale. And uh, the way to do that is by using other people who are not as, as brazen as he will be or is, he yeah. don't have his persona. Uh, uh, and if he, you know, even if, even if right now you feel like you're not that type of person that will go out there and knock on doors, these are skill sets which are transferable. They are things that you can pick up. And certainly in terms of getting good at that, we'll do a whole uh, lesson, if you will, just or an episode just on getting really good at 
getting out there and and uh, in his case you know he didn't see himself as a salesman mm. or a salesperson he saw himself as a truck driver mm. um, see this again that's um, another big uh, lesson I guess you could say in the, the prioritization of the work because um, I've seen people go again I guess it keeps on touching back to that perfectionism thing but uh, it, it goes in different ways in different directions I've seen people spend enormous amounts of time trying to automate and find all these ways of improving the workflows and they haven't even got one phone call coming through. Um, th that just tells me that their priorities were completely upside down. Uh, let's just get the business flowing, let's get the sales, put sales first, that's where the money is coming in. Um, then when we've got too much business to deal with and we need to um, get better at the workflows, we get better at delegating, get better at, you know, um, scaling, then we have to tackle those subjects when we get there, not uh, to start off with. Sure, have a few ideas, like you said, he already had some business coming through, but he was too scared to go up to the next level. Mm -hmm. So go around, you know, have a look around at what options there are to delegate, to offload, to outsource, whatever it takes. Yeah. But um, let's just not start with that. Have that in the back of our mind as part of expansion, but we don't want to put too much effort and too much energy into that. We haven't got the time. Our priorities are bring in the business and then optimize, you know, um, systemize and all of that comes as a second step after that. Mm. Anyway, we have jumped the gun with mm. respect to episode one. Uh, that's a bit of history of where I come from. So Tyler, tell us a little bit about where you come from. I don't mean the country yeah. where you were born, but you can mention that as well, because that's interesting. Mm. But tell us a little bit about your history. Well, you I, okay. Um, well, I, my history is not as colorful as yours. Probably more colorful. <laughs> so the, I, I, um, you know, I, I grew up in a family of engineers. I had mechanical engineers all around me, okay? And you're a mechanical engineer, so I'm surrounded by them. Mm. Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer as well. Just for the record, there's no academics in my family or my extended family. <laughs> I'm the only academic, I think, that went past year nine. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Well, anyway, so... Uh, no relevance to that. <laughs> Yeah. So both of my parents, um, originally my father worked in corporate, you know, an international, multinational uh, company, and then he left that, went into business for himself, importing distribution and uh, so forth for um, security, CCTV type products, so uh, electronics and, and the like. Um, and my mother had been in business for quite a while. She had a uh, marble and granite uh, type of business where they, you know, either importing or um, uh, getting the product manufactured locally uh, or, or buying locally and so forth. Um, so they had a you know a large factory with uh, 200 workers at some point in time. So it was you know a reasonable sized business. Um, so from about um, early 90s thereabouts, both my parents were in business. I went and worked for my mom just during the high school years. You know, helping um, just getting an understanding of the factory and all the wonderful machinery, and I was right into it. Uh, and then after I finished uh, high, oh, sorry, after I finished university, after mechanical engineering and so forth, um, I worked full time for my dad for quite a while, and basically started on the floor, literally doing um, installations and um, quotations and everything to do with uh, the CCTV and the electronics uh, that we were installing for our clients. So uh, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't afraid to go up and down ladders and uh, jump around and do 
do work, uh, manual work, because I felt that was really the necessary part of learning how to do uh, something. And you, you know, that's where you started as well. You always you started with your businesses, and I feel that's a really important thing, is that you've really got to know the basics, the really essential um, uh, bases of the business that you're running. It's, it's really incredibly hard to be running a business when someone else knows more about you know, those essentials, those things that make you tick, the things that make you excel. Um, you don't necessarily have to be the best DJ, and, and my mum didn't necessarily have to be the best, you know, machinist or operator of machinery or whatever, but she had to really know the product, she had to really know the differences between what made them superior to others. So that base level knowledge is absolutely critical in my opinion and that's where I therefore put myself and my, you know, my dad really put me there as well, uh, is he felt that I really needed to know everything there is to know about that stuff, um, how to operate it, what's better than what and knowing the, the, the challenges because if my staff were going to come to me saying um, this can't be done or this can be done and this is, this is too hard or this unreasonable or whatever it is that they might have come with, um, I would have had to know enough about it to validate or, um, you know, be able to push them further and get better performance and so forth. Um, a couple of years into that, um, working with my dad uh, full time, um, I was sent, he, said, he did that, he sent me off to uh, Taiwan to um, meet some of our suppliers in Taiwan because we were importing products, electronics and so forth, and Taiwan was the big thing at the time, uh, mid-90s. Um, so I went and then I found out there was another trade show and I went to a trade show uh, and that's where I met Rick because he was sourcing products for his importing distribution company, which we'll talk about in another episode. Um, and he suggested that maybe this supplier over there and he was going to introduce me to other suppliers, just reeled me in that way. Didn't he? She reeled me in. I do anyway. He says that, but it's not true. Um, so, uh, and you know, one thing leads to another and we got married a few months later. So then I moved. I actually was born in Egypt. I don't think I said that, did I? No. I forgot to say that. I was born in Egypt and um, we met uh, in 98, late 98. And in 99 we were married and I was living in Sydney, Australia. So it didn't take long. <laughs> and yeah. it's been, you know, I've been here ever since. Um, so the minute I arrived here, uh, Rick says, here you go, run this company. <laughs> Which was already turning what? Uh, so at twenty five, she was running a, 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 a multi million dollar enterprise. A business turning over twenty yeah, million with like a year. with like twenty staff or something. It was yeah, so twenty it was, staff. That's more than twenty staff. No, at that time when I got there, I'm not saying uh, what happened afterwards, but when I got there, it was uh, about okay. twenty. Well, it must have been about ten million dollars then. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, okay. I think so it was. At All right. Time. Anyway, and we you, you were just about to start franchising and mm. all the rest of it, so it was exciting times that. Uh, yeah. Very challenging times too. So franchising is another. Yeah. Uh, there's like hundreds of different topics to do with different areas of business uh, that we can cover. But I mean, Taylor's making the point now that uh, she came to a new country. She was 25. English is her third language. Um, and based on what obviously you've learnt when you were under 25, so let's yeah. call it 10 to 25. Um, she was able to come to a new country and uh, with all of those skill sets within a very short amount of time yeah. uh, basically run a $10 million business in Australia. So I guess that's uh, again proof of the, uh, I don't know what the word is, the worthiness of that um, 
you know, exposure to all of those stresses and strains. Mm. Um, just jumping in from the top. And, you know, if you look at the statistics of business failure, the majority of businesses fail. And we'll talk about all those statistics at a, at a later stage. But um, so many people rush out looking for funding and think that if they get, you know, half a million dollars, their solution or their idea is going to automatically um, be the next Uber or Airbnb. Mm. It doesn't work like that, mm. generally. And angels and investors and uh, co-founders are very reluctant to throw money at people mm. that haven't got this sort of experience. Where does this experience come from? Um, so it's, in a sense, we've both had a similar um, can I also oh, say, Rick, yeah, before, I totally agree. And, you know, the whole hard work thing, I, um, I totally agree with you. And that was mm. also the, exactly the same way I was brought up, is you work, you work, you work, you work your backside off, and, and only then do you get the results. There is none of this uh, easy come, easy go stuff. Mm. Um, but it's something that, you know, uh, has come or that I realized later is one of the things that took me longer to get results with your businesses is that, uh, as in, you know, what were at the time your businesses, which became my businesses as well, uh, the lighting and audio, importing, distribution, all of that, is it, what, it really slowed me down at the beginning and I didn't quite realize it at the time, is that I did not start as far, you know, at the bottom as I should have really. Like, you, you, ideally, I should have really started on the shop floor, dealing with customers and, and understanding that um, those dynamics better than I than I actually did at the time when I started. I had all the electronics uh, installations, uh, all of those experiences I had from the businesses that you know I was in before. But really, if if I had just spent you know a year um, doing all the base level uh, jobs within that business, I probably would have uh, you know, it would have saved me a hell of a lot of time. And it would have also given me more credibility with the, with the staff, with the team members, it, which took a lot longer at the time. I was just this 25-year-old girl that just shows up and says, okay, I'm going to run the place. Um, it took a lot longer for me to get the results. Uh, and I believe that if I had you know, spent that one year at the beginning um, getting those foundations clear and, and even just having the confidence in myself to know that I have those... Uh, the capacity to make the better decisions or to judge and so forth, uh, I believe that would have got me a lot further than or a lot faster um, to, to get the credibility and the direction and the strategy and so forth. So uh, I would strongly recommend that to anyone is just start at the base level, even if you feel it's wasting your time, but it's never a waste of time. Very What's good. That? Well, anything else you want to Are add? we done with episode one? I think we're, we're done with episode one. Okay. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope so, that it was interesting, good value. A bit of our history. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Tyler said, we've run so many different businesses in so many different industry categories. Uh, you know, Tyler mentioned about one business then. That business had multiple divisions and departments from importing, distribution, overseas manufacturing, retailing, ultimately ended up being a franchise. It was market leader, became a $20 million revenue business as a group. Um, that group uh, has its roots going back to the 80s. Uh, when Tyler came over here and became involved in the business, it was 1999. So 
uh, it's still going today, 20 years later, and in 2018, it was sold uh, as a group by us. Um, in fact, a number of the businesses which I've been involved in uh, are still running today, which go back even uh, 35 years. Mm. They're still going. So, you know, that's a reflection of systems. It's a reflection of goodwill, uh, concepts, branding, um, and, and some of the people that have been involved in uh, those businesses going back to even the mid-90s are still with the business today. Yeah, um, yeah that's true, actually. And they went with the business yeah. when it was sold as a group in this particular business we're talking about right now. Mm. So we must have been doing something right. We did more things wrong than right, but some things were right. And uh, it'll be uh, hopefully... A lot of fun to share those things with you and in hindsight but they have certainly come at a uh, very very high price and lessons which we hope that uh, you can uh, take away from and put them into practice that's a bit about our history how we got here uh, I've jumped a whole heap of hurdles uh, a couple of things I need to talk about in later episodes in between those first couple of years in detail, especially the entertainment business. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we're just uh, really in the first few episodes, we're, we're laying out, I guess you can say, the skeleton of what happened from start to finish. But uh, as we go move through the episodes, we'll go back and zoom in into the different situations mm -hmm. and different stories and, and take those, you know, take them um, closer and look at them closer and give you a bit more detail and, and, and flesh it all out uh, as it goes through. But we really feel that we need to give you a general story of the big picture of what happened from start to finish and then uh, we will uh, move through the detail. I think this is going to end up being like a thousand episodes at the, <laughs> the number of not. stories that we've got to tell. So here we yeah. go. So we haven't planned these sessions out. We haven't even planned the topics. Um, and what I'll do, what we both should do is write down, as we're talking about stuff, mm. write down the topics that we come up with as we're talking so that we don't forget about things that we need to cover in future topics as or episodes as we talk about our history and the things that, you know, when you talk to people, things just come out. I find that some of the best ideas I come up with are as a result of simply talking to somebody. And, and that's, so we're not professional actors, we're not super cool on uh, video or camera, that's not our bag. So, you know, this is uh, as authentic as it gets and we're not going to uh, try and be, you know, uh, pretend that uh, we're professional at this. Uh, uh, quite frankly, who gives a rat's? It's not about that. It's about the content and uh, people learning from uh, our mistakes and the good, the bad and the ugly, as we said earlier. And hopefully, uh, um, you know, sometimes we'll be talking into the camera and we're going to stuff it up. You know what? We're not even going to bother editing that stuff out. So well, at least most of it. What you see is what you get. <laughs> we might edit a few things out if it's really horrible, but you know, yeah. we'll see how we go. So that concludes uh, episode one, and that was a, uh, a one-take wonder. There's been no retakes of anything. Hopefully, uh, in terms of uh, what we're doing on the camera, is good enough to get the message across. So until next time, we'll see you then. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
Help us spread the joys of entrepreneurship by liking, sharing, and reviewing this series.